0: UFC 263, uh, so the fight card, that the main uh, the main card, the three fights I covered in my last uh, podcast, well, they I don't know if it was locked by, uh, can I say that, I called it, I called each and every one of those three fights that I covered. Uh, so starting with the main event, uh, Israel Desanya versus, Israel Adesanya, excuse me, versus Marvin Vittori. Um, yeah, how that fight went was exactly as I predicted after looking at both the guys' uh, last and um, most recent fights. Marvin Maturi and um, Israel Adesanya, even though Israel Adesanya lost his last fight to Jan Blackwitz, um, Blackwitz, you know, um, uh, yeah, still you can see that the source of um, just his stand-up and the source of abilities and his qualities in his his fight game, his craft, you could see how he could use that to his advantage over Marvin Matori. Maturi, who may be good with clinches on, on the ground, but even then his ground game in this fight with um a UFC 263 against um Israel Desanya proved not to be that great I uh, wasn't good enough to stand up to um, Israel Desanya's ground game because every single time that um he took the uh, that Moabitore took the fight down through do a takedown even if those were, were a clinch um Israel Desanya always managed to change the situation and somehow just managed to just so flexible, so slippery, just managed to get on top of uh, Marvin Vittori and control him and just, you know, do some more harm, dish out some um, good, dirty, heavy strikes. So, I mean, overall, from this fight, Israel Asano just seems to be, like, the much more well-rounded fighter. Um, You know, Marvin Vittori may have the punching power, may have, you know, obviously out of the two guys, Marvin Vittori is slightly, in terms of frame, and you know just mass, Vittori is the big guy um but you know, um again, I think Israel the son was using everything he had to his advantage and was being very smart about it as well. I mean, at one point in the fire, I can't remember which round it was, but son was or had been cornered in on one side of the octagon by the fence, and he was just <laughs> you could see it like just like second major team just dodging the, the shots coming from Vittori. You know, I think I heard it somewhere before the fight. When I was dressing, my analysis of the two fighters, how they fight their fight game. You know, it did look um, as if, um, it was, no, not a look, but it was said. But I cross check this. It did, did look that looked like Marvin His strikes just wasn't that accurate. You know, it didn't hit the the spot when you're when you're aiming for your opponent for, or whatever. But uh, you know, overall. Um, you know it, the fight more or less went the way that I said it would end. This is the second time that um, Victoria and Adesanya have gone head to head with each other. I can't really remember the particular event that they where they fought last, where they fought last. But I think checking it on Wikipedia was two, sometime in two thousand eighteen. I think, I think, um, but yeah, I mean, um, not much what to say yet, but the fight did go the way that I thought it would go, the the way that. I think, and I say, if you say that, I said it would go, no, I, <laughs> I called it, um, you know, assign you know, his um, Muay Thai, his um, kickboxing, that came into, um, what's the, how can I say, you know, that, his, his leg kicks, he threw in the, in, in the fight, particularly at Marvin Tory's head, as testament to his, uh, kickboxing background, because, uh, if he was dishing out, probably in the, uh, a total in the whole fight, probably about six, or ten of those, um it was just crazy he was di- really dishing out some really heavy shots and Vittoria every single time either managed to not every time but quite a lot a lot of the time uh, would try and grab Adesanya's leg and just try and probably um, take the from there- take a down into a, a takedown or just rush Adesanya's waist or his legs and try and get him into a takedown for like that means um so i mean i think. In that sense, just seeing how Marvin Vittori was handling the whole situation in each of those rounds, it probably goes to show that probably Vittori knows that his, um, where he's better is on the ground. His ground game probably is better than his stand up. Though again, in this case, like I said before, it probably d- still didn't prove to be good enough uh, against uh, Alessania's ground game because on multiple, in every single one of those takedowns, Asanya managed to just somehow managed to, you know, was flexible, was slippery enough to um, just reposition himself, change the whole situation and be in much more um, advantageous situation, beneficial um, position, not situation, but position, and, um, you know, um, attack his opponent. So, uh, yeah, for the is it second or third time, this guy has now defended his title as the... I wrote it down somewhere to do... As the... As the World's, uh, weight champion. it's down somewhere. Yeah, defend his middleweight. No, so i not No, uh, tell a lie. Mistake. Sorry about that. He now defending his middleweight um, championship. I'm um, tired for the second time, I think. If it's incorrect, please, guys, correct me in the comment section down below. I thought should have checked this, but now I'm doing this podcast, I'm kind of, like, fairly nervous. So, moving on to the next fight, um... I gotta say what's you know, I say it again, the first three fights, at least the main card anyway, I don't watch all the fights just um, the first three fights that interest me. Also this event seems um it stands out as one of the um as one of probably the much more entertaining events that the UFC's put on um so far this year because a lot of the past events that we've had now had for this uh, for the upper for the first half of this year now we're in june 2021 most of them haven't really seemed to be that entertaining they haven't really had that wow factor that the ufc has um the ufc as a fighting promotion as an organization alone has benefited from whenever they hold an event that you know there's just this sort of draw factor pull factor that they have Okay, they have a few names like um, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz that fought on this fight, force this fight card, and um, other um, other names. GSP when he was when he was competing, you know, you know, I do understand that they that they do have those certain names, but I mean, for most of this um, for most of this uh, year so far, a lot of the events just have not been that entertaining, and that goes for the, for a lot of the main cards. So moving on to the next fight. The co-main event, which was Brandon Marino versus um Devison uh the flyweight division. So the last fight that they had, um, it was uh, at, back at UFC 256, um, sometime was it was last year or this year. Back at UFC 256, um, for me, it looks, and I don't want to sound silly, or bit or a bit like a, jer- somewhat like a jerk here, but. For me, it seems like this fight was kind of like making the decision that needed to be made back at UFC 250, back at UFC 256, where they had a draw, majority draw um, from the judges. For me, this fight kind of like, I mean, it kind of cements who the better fighter was. I mean, both these guys are good; they're so evenly uh, well matched, despite maybe their age. There's uh, about six years of age difference between them. Okay, they're not—it's not much. They're both still young men, but um, yeah, that's you know despite their age difference, um, they're still very, uh, very um, evenly well-matched guys. And, um, you know, the the stand-up from both guys was so good. Uh, The grind game was really good. Uh, You know, that's probably the reason why the last fight that they had back at UFC 256 resulted in the draw that the judges just couldn't make. Either they couldn't make a decision or, you know, they scored the same points by chance and it just came to a draw. But for me, you know, this fight, um again the both fighters were really really good but of course one of them uh brandon marina was uh was was a better fighter and for me this particular fight at ufc 263 it kind of cements and it makes that decision that needed that had to be made back at ufc 256 i don't know how that sounds to you guys but that that's my opinion that's my take on the whole thing um so uh, yeah, but UFC 256, their performance basically in that fight, you know, again, you just listen to the commentary. You watching the fight yourself, you can see they looked at like the two two men are just fighting to the death. It was you know the stand up was good, the ground game was good. You know the, how they're throwing strikes. You know both sides were just fighting, giving it all, giving it their all, and just using everything they had in their arsenal. you know, It was crazy. But, um, yeah, so, this in this case, uh, Marina won um, via a rare naked chokehold. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what else can I say? He's now the flyweight champion. Um, is he the first Mexican to be the um, uh, flyweight champion in the UFC? Probably not. Um, if I'm wrong, again, please, if you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, feel more than free to correct me in the comment section down below. Um, yeah, so, that, that was an interesting fight. Probably... I think maybe UFC 256 was probably much more when they fought then was probably much more entertaining um if you if you um kind of ignore the draw that the whole the whole fight resulted in but uh, not that seemed for me it, it did seem a lot more entertaining than than this one but um yeah um, so moving on to the other main to the not the other main event probably was still a big main a big major event because you have the return of Nate Diaz a major name a big name in the sport of mixed martial arts especially in the uh, promote in the organization fighting organization the UFC Who's um, returning to the Oxcon after how long has he been away for now um, I have no idea I should have checked that probably been about what two years, three years, let me have a look, du, 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 du. Let me check, check it, check it, check it, check it, check it, check it, okay, looking at his record, Yes, look at his last part. those last two fights. So since 2019, so that has been been a while. Although I can appreciate that in 2020, that's when we had the start of the pandemic, and that's when we had the first lockdown uh, in most countries around the world. The first pure lockdown, as I like to call it. Um, so yeah, I mean that's why again went the way that I thought it would. Uh, I I initially asked people, the people who I know, the close to, who I talked to about mixed martial arts on a regular basis, who they thought would win. And um, I was surprised when they said um, Leon Edwards has win. I thought, no, Nate Diaz would win because he's such a big name. There's a reason why he's such a big name in the sports of mixed martial arts and in the UFC. So I went in to his last performance. I want to Leon Edwards' last performances. And, um, okay, I can kind of bring together and summarize and conclude why Leon Edwards uh, would have had a good chance, a good fighting chance of beating this guy in the octagon, and why Nate Diaz would have um, <laughs> would have would have lost. But the fight itself, and you know, Leon Edwards, uh, he performed really well. Nate Diaz, how can I how can I describe this guy's style of fighting in this particular fight? Um, at first, a stand up was okay, but not as good as Leon Edwards. I mean, Leon, Leon Edwards seemed really sharp and quite aggressive with with his attacks, with his striking. And as one of the commentators said that um, he's probably doing so, you would naturally think he's doing so. And he would naturally himself would be, mentally would be doing so because he's facing a top contender within the sports of mixed martial arts. And so he knows that in this case, he really has to perform to to prove himself, to make a name for, for himself in the sport. Um, to put his name on the map properly, because his you know he'll be also known as one of the guys to defeat a top contender in the sport of mixed martial arts, a, a top contender who you know is a big name in the sport, particularly in the UFC. Um, so um, yeah, um, that's one of the reasons why his stand up was so good and why he was fighting uh, and why he was performing the way he did. He performed so aggressively. Um, you know he. And looking at Nate Diaz, I think a couple of times he missed a few shots, um, and um, some leg kicks probably caused him to to fall on the octagon canvas on the octagon floor. Um, I think the leg kicks that Leon Edwards was dishing out quite a few, and at one point actually you could see the effects was having on Nate Diaz's legs. It was definitely painful for Nate, Uh, but towards the end of the of the last round towards the end of the whole fight in the last minute or so um just nate diaz just out of nowhere just start d- dishing out all these um strikes counter strikes now just going on the complete offensive and a cornered um cornered leon edwards in in one corner of the octagon and at that point i thought okay and, and the whole you could hear the whole crowd just chanting just cheering uh just thinking okay this guy might actually get win this he might actually um Prove every everybody wrong he has been watching this fight from the beginning. Um, he might have this in the bag, and um, I was surprised that just out of nowhere he had all this energy, energy, and just um started go, going on the complete offensive attack on uh, Leon Edwards, who um, you could see he was going on the defense, defending himself as best as he could do. But just the way, Leon, um, just the way Nate Diaz, excuse me, had performed just in the, in the dying minute of the fight. He uh, just testament to the guy's cardio, you know, so good because I've been told, I've heard that Nate Diaz just had this skin condition that it doesn't take too much abuse, as in terms of physical attacks to his face or his body, that it doesn't take much of that to cause his skin to break and start cause him to start bleeding. So, you know, if you look at the, both guys, um, Leon Edwards just looks, <laughs> didn't, have, uh, didn't have barely a single scratch on him. Uh Benet Diaz looks worse for wear. And uh, just you know looking at what he did in the last minute of the final round of the fight, you know, it's um he'd taken all that abuse but still was fighting like a warrior um towards the end of the fight. But unfortunately it wasn't really um enough and Leon Edwards took the fight. Question is now excuse me, question is now who does Leon Edwards fight next and uh, Leon Edwards is now sitting at uh, position number 3 in the what's the weight division God, I should know this he's currently sitting at um, p- position number 3 so who does he fight next let me chuck that actually let me quickly check that just to be sure welterweight <laughs> the welterweight ranking so uh Usman is currently the ruling champion they're holding the title and um i think between himself because it was confirmed by dana white whoever wins this fight is going to fight kobe covington he's sitting at number one of that weight division so um yeah i think the fight that makes sense now as they'd normally put him makes much loss is that leon edwards will have to fight um fight Gilbert Burns uh, to just get that one step closer to the uh, number one spot after this being him then he fights um, Colbert Covington I think um, I think that's how it will work but I mean Dana White said that whoever wins this fight is going to fight Colbert Covington to um, then probably um, get a shot shot at a title fight so I mean let's see what happens But for him I think for me I think it's either he, Leon Edwards fights Gilbert Gilbert Burns or Colbert Covington it's either one of those two fights I'm guessing I've never really made that prediction before in all the time I've been following mixed martial arts and making these podcasts strangely enough now other thing I want to cover uh, just was it's just a brief bit of mixed martial arts news um Well, it's two things actually. Uh, Nate Diaz and his brother Nick Diaz. But let's focus on Nate Diaz because it's something I've actually noticed for the first time in something so recent. Now, is this guy that much of a needle mover? The only thing I can go by as to why he's almost seemed like, let's say, like such a huge superstar in mixed martial arts particularly and probably to, um, thankfully for him it's in the UFC the biggest um fighting promotional organization on the planet um is he that much of a needle mover because he uh, UFC 202 when he fought um, con mcgregor it boosted and earned one of the the record numbers of pay-per-view buys uh, for that for that fight um is that the case is that the reason why because when leon edwards uh, won this, when it was announced by bruce buffer that leon edwards had won this fight against Nate Diaz there was a lot of booing coming from the audience and the last time I noticed that was when Nate Diaz fought this was back in 2013 and there's another fighter who okay I'm not I don't have to talk badly with people anyway it was when Nate Diaz fought Josh Thompson back in 2013 and uh, Josh Josh won the fight but again I noticed from the audience that there was a lot of boos for this guy Um, they weren't they weren't praising him so I was thinking what is it, Nate Diaz? I mean, and another thing I should also mention is the reactions coming off the mixed martial arts community. All the tweets coming out from the um, current, um, well, currents and what well, the big names in in mixed martial arts. A lot of them, there wasn't much praise at least, at least from what I could see from the um, from the YouTube news channel um, that covers mixed martial arts. There wasn't a lot of praise for um, Leon Edwards. Some people are saying, our oh God, Nate could have actually had this whole fight towards the end. You know, um, it was an easy um, win for, for Leon Edwards, stuff like that. But there wasn't much praise and much um, credit um, being shown or, or pl- applauded or praise <sighs> excuse me, being heaped upon um, Leon Edwards. And I wondered, why is that? But, I mean, still, even though Nate Diaz lost... There's sort of a lot of respects for Nate Diaz. People still congratulating him that still he went in there and performed did um fought really well. Unfortunately, okay, he didn't fight that well, he didn't win. But still the there's far more praise and respect for Nate Diaz than there was for um uh, for Leonard was and it's coming from people who are inside the sport, you know, com people coming from, you know, inside. So I was quite surprised thinking, what is it about this guy that people love so much and people respect so much about him? Is it that he's a real, true, honest human being who, you know, his word is, is his bond. He, you know, he, when it comes to things such as integrity, it's it's just one of his big qualities. I mean, I don't know how to, to explain, to put that into words. But I think the best description I can give is that, yeah, this is someone who their word is their bond, that sort of thing um they see he's a real realistic um human being and uh, a true person. I think that's the best way that I can describe it. Because I've just noticed that just in there I thought to myself, Wow, um I thought there were, people would people have thrown a lot of praise and really congratulated you on Edwards but that wasn't really the case from what I saw. From what I saw. Um a lot of the praise was actually going the other way towards Nate Diaz. So I mean is I, is he and his brother Nick that much of a are they both that much of a neat much of a needle mover in this sport Um, is it because what happened at UFC 202 with Conor McGregor Um, but I don't know I think I'll delve I'll do more digging a bit more research and background work uh, just to see and understand why that would be the case and I think there's much else I can say Um, just that's the only thing that really intrigued me um, as a result of this fight that happened at UFC 263 and there's another thing by John Jones um, saying that um, I think some of the guys, um, yeah, that some of the guys he uh, could see from the performance that, from Israel to how he performed um, with Marvin Vittori, said that these guys are catching up to me now. Um, I need to get back in there and start fasting again. And I was thinking, okay, that's great. Everybody would love to see you get back in the cage and start fasting again, but you're calling a price. You are quoting a price that you want. And unfortunately for you, that your boss Dana White, who is um, spearheading, who is leading, and owns the fighting organization that you're working for, doesn't want to pay you that price, and he's more than happy to to move on. Um, that's how I understand the whole situation, anyway. Uh, despite how good you've been in in the sport, despite your fighting record, all the wins you've, uh, that you've achieved um so you know he says all of that but again he still can't agree on the price that he wants to fight for he can't agree on the fight person he wants to fight for that he's happy to fight for so um yeah i think that covered everything that i can cover or you know i've covered everything that um that interested me this time around in this in this particular event and what's going on in the mixed martial arts community this time around so guys i hope you enjoyed that if you did please don't forget to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe please subscribe you enjoy my content it really really helps me to, helps me when you do that to grow my youtube channel and the podcast as a whole um you can catch me on instagram my name is arco one and on twitter and facebook the name is arco you can listen to the podcast on spotify apple and on google podcasts and um yeah thank you very much Music.